Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped, who just launched their fourth-generation performance package and their Shears 2.0 nail grooming kit. Join the Manscaped movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME. And welcome to episode 436 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparas, coming to you from the Landon Justin and Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want to get in on the studio naming action, go to patreon.com slash laser time. Who else is joining me? Comparatively more sober, Chris Antista. That's last good. Episode. That's good. Yeah. And <laughs> for you, evil Matthew Allen, because I you can't see this, listeners, but I got a little goatee going here. It's true. So it's yeah. I, I can hear the goatee. It makes a difference. And special guest. Great, great work in Leif. Texas, evil Matt Allen. <laughs> Leif, I'm really regretting getting pizza. Johnson. Yes. <laughs> so did we all eat like assholes before this? Right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had yeah. I had mango habanero uh, boneless chicken wings. So maybe maybe instead of a break, we should just all like you should just hear our bathroom noises. Yeah. And, like, leave, leave the recording going. I had the habit, and they have those like they're like fried green beans or something like that. No, so you convince it. yourself like, hey, better than fries, right? It's like no, they're they're way worse. It's the same batter. I I, yeah. I never had that. that. Did that just pop up as a California thing? The habit. I keep hearing a bunch about it. I want it so yeah. bad. I guess. I don't just, know. You know, it's... fair warning that we might all sound like Rick Sanchez at some point in this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leif, is there any place where people can see you streaming things or that you'd like to plug? Uh, I mean, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you got me on Twitter at Leif Johnson. That's L-E-I-F Johnson. On Sunday nights, uh, Elena Yee and I, we, she's a guest of the show sometimes. We do a stream. You just hang out. We've been playing Borderlands 2 most recently. Sometimes we do Sea of Thieves. Just kind of fun multiplayer stuff. And uh, that is basically it these days. In the next couple of months, I might actually start writing again briefly. So check for my stuff and probably like PC Gamer and IGN. So who knows? Nice. Writing will never pay you bills. Life, what do you right. It won't. It's just side money. Mm. <laughs> I, I learned that lesson it. already. I learned that lesson. <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah, it's a fun week for Vidya Games. We've got a bunch of new releases to talk about. And I think apropos of a game that we finished recently, Matt, you got the idea of uh, talking Sonic about... Colors. Yeah, oh, Sonic. Some, yeah, we're just yeah, going to talk absolutely. about Sonic Colors. Yeah. You might have finished that tonight, Chris. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you've been playing it for close. several hours, and I have no idea how long that. No, game no, is. I bought it several hours ago. Mm-hmm. I've also slept, uh, slept like a senior citizen, and been eating boneless chicken wings. So fair enough. But Matt, you you suggested a while ago. Why, why don't we talk about games that grow you big, like kaiju size, just for a fight yeah. or two? Oh. Yeah, I was playing a game that did this. For the final boss fight, and I realized, like, hey, this isn't the first time I've been in a game where they do this for for usually the final boss fight. The first time in that series, no, no, yeah, exactly. So I, um, I was like, man, there's got to be way more examples of this. But it's just like one of those things where when it happens, it just feels so awesome because you you, typically you'll move like more sluggishly, but everything in your way just gets just. 
blown over and you know you're just you're you're badass you're a big tank but you know? it's it's awesome to you know have the best of both worlds there like one minute you're a normal sized character jumping around in a cute cartoony world the, the next minute you're toppling buildings with your fists Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's typically a great time punching to another giant that the creature. The show is brought to you by milk, which I'm drinking right now, which is making me grow <laughs> in my strong bones. Avoid Aren't we just talking about stomach issues? Now you're drinking milk. I would, I would never drink milk. The last time I drank milk, I farted and shit down my whole leg. <laughs> I'll never drink Christ. real milk. Mm-mm. I'm, I am the official oat milk gamer. Take that, TL. Mm-hmm. Oh no! no that is gimmick infringement. Milk guaranteed to turn you into a shitting kaiju. <laughs> oh God! Well, that'd be awful. That would be side? awful. They never show Godzilla shitting. Why not? I can't imagine. Mm. Wow! So, so just to specify, these are games that make you really big. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We, there's, wow, there are some ground rules because things, Michael and I were talking yeah. like we, we've already the, done a, a show about just kaiju games, so it can't okay. just be like yeah, Godzilla yeah. destroy all monsters melee or one of those. Mm. Like it has to be something where you are normally regular size, and then like for one battle or sequence or or maybe a couple in the game you just will grow gigantic and you get to spend a little while being real big and stomping things i was gonna say that world of warcraft does a lot of those but you're like riding on the shoulder or something Uh, oh right right yeah that that was our other thing is i think we tried to avoid games where you're like just controlling another giant person Mm -hmm. or character or statue or even we might have bent this rule, but we, we there's a lot of mech games, right? There's there's a lot of, you know, jump in a giant mech thing, and we're like, no. We, yeah. we want something that, you know, makes you grow. Like, yeah. you need to grow. We might have we might have bent it for a very specific thing. What could it be? I can't I imagine. Know. I don't know, but don't it's going to have a cool theme song. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just jump into it right after this. Folks, you might have heard us talk about Manscaped and the importance of male grooming before. Well, now that summer is upon us and the clothes are starting to come off, it's more important than ever to give yourself a little boost of confidence and look your personal best by taking care of some of that stray body hair. Some of it down there. Since it's so hot, you might even want to trim things a bit shorter than usual. And when you do, take it from two guys who have learned the hard way, more than we care to admit, you want to be sure you're doing so safely, especially when trimming the hair down there. And that is where Manscaped can help. It may be a scorcher out there, but it's time to bundle up in here. With Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, aka the GOAT of ball trimmers. GOAT! Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold on to your goodies. Their fourth generation Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunctional on-off switch that can engage a travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? In the shower or in the wild, and from your chest pubes all the way down to your ball fro, the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best trimmer for you. Want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ears. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin technology which helps prevent nicks snags and tugs in those delicate holes 
Not those delicate holes, you sickos. Your ear and nose holes. Uh, Once you're done grooming, you seal the deal with Manscaped's delightfully scented liquid formulations. Before heading outside, use Crop Preserver Bowl Deodorant to keep you on your game in the heat. Then, after trimming the lawn and whacking your weeds, give your beach balls a boost with Crop Reviver. There are few things as refreshing as a little spritz from the Crop Reviver. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort in boxers to another level and get 20% off and free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME, one word, LASERTIME at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and the weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. And we're back to talk about what? Kaiju Kaiju and you. Yeah, making yourself a... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, kaiju's run all media. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's begin with number five. So this game is obviously made in the Netherlands. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it could be it could be a town theme song in Japan where but but it's not. This yeah. is the uh Goemon Mystical Ninja yeah. theme oh, song. Shit, Goemon. Mystical Ninja mm. starring Goemon, aka Mystical Ninja 64 or Goemon 64. It is the N64 Goemon game that came to the US and they had like one of the coolest things about it was that it had all these digitized songs with full vocals, which was really rare in cartridge games. And it had several of them and they did not dub any of them for the US audience. So you got you got <laughs> the Japanese lyrics with the, you know, English subtitles and that was pretty cool. But the, the best song in it was uh the song that the the mech sings and and this is where we're bending the rules because even though mm. it is a mech piloted by Goemon the main character who's like supposed <laughs> to be an 18th century ninja uh it looks exactly like Goemon the main character the mech is yeah. Goemon impact and it just looks like a big version of him with arms that are like those big interconnected spheres that they always used to do in 16 bit games yeah oh yeah yeah and there's like a vector man vector man yes. style type. and there is a reason that they did that because while this was the second Goemon game to uh, that I know of, like, there might have been some on Game Boy to to hit the U.S. It was actually much later in the series in Japan, and was in fact the sixth game to feature Goemon Impact, the giant mech. Um, yeah, I feel like we didn't deserve the Goemon series, but we strangely got it for you know that a few games, and it's like even when it came to our shores, like. I had my I had trouble wrapping my head around like well what is this game because it played it didn't play like anything like like most games at the time you know yeah. it's like such a unique sort series. of a belt scroller sort of a side scroller a uh, mm-hmm. little sort bit of a River Metroid. City Ransom like yeah. a cute yeah. River City yeah, Ransom exactly mm-hmm. uh, I I have a wonderful amount of affection for Goemon as a character and man if if, if more people in the West <laughs> had played the game it'd be one of those games you'd be screaming at Konami to finally make again. But uh, I think it's it's not even that popular in Japan, is it? Um, I, I guess not, it's because difficult. I think they, they rebooted the series some years back, and, and then mm. since then it's kind of been 
quiet as far as I know. I think there have been like some some pachinko games. Yeah, there's been a ton of mobile games, but like I don't believe there have been any like console games for Goemon in like four generations. So yeah, but but it's still for me, it's very recognizable. I thought I remember. I think when I bought my Super Nintendo back before you had the internet, like what games are coming out on the system? I know I'll look on the side of the box, and that is what I'll base my anticipation on. One screenshot, and Legend of the Mystical Ninja was one of those screenshots right next to Zelda Three on the back of your Super Nintendo box. Ah, uh, yeah. And they 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 really localized in quotes the hell out of that one, where yeah. instead of uh, Goemon and Ibisumaru, the main characters, they were they became Kid Ying and Doctor Yang, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, it, it it went through some changes. The, I think. the only thing I know at all about the N sixty four version is this map is the thing that made it look mm. cool. It was like the lead image in every review. I'm going to guess this is like a huge part of the game, but I've never actually been able to play it. I mean, it's actually just one sequence in the game, as far as I know, where you get really big and then you just sort of roller skate through all these... I was going to say, I'm looking at images. Is that a roller skate? Yeah, 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 it's got roller skates. I think they're supposed to be Gata, but they work like roller skates. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. And so you just you just roller skate around. Uh, the mech is supposed to be clockwork. It's created by a character known as the Wise Old Man. And it may or may not have a, its own personality, but it, it debuted in Gunbutter Goemon 2 on Super Famicom. And it sounded like this. That's you going up into its cockpit, which is also its face. And then it's like a mixture of side-scrolling and first-person stuff where you're in the cockpit actually looking over Goemon's shoulder and, uh, you know, just punching things. But at the end of that game, the the bad guys hijack Goemon Impact, and so it's like the final boss, is you have to fight your own mech. Uh, is there a reason the Goemon series has that kind of 60s spy sounding music? Like, is this I, something I that's been around? That's supposed to be like, uh, like a seventies tokusatsu, like the, mm -hmm. the superhero show, like that kind yeah. of music. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of like a broad parody of Japanese pop culture. I think all of those games are, they started out semi-serious and then they just got more and more ridiculous as time went on. And as they started using like, Oh yeah, there's this guy who makes clockwork stuff and now we've got like clockwork cameras and clockwork mechs and clockwork robots that we fight and so it, it became like 18th century sci-fi or something. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's uh it's fun. Um beautiful story. And it was probably based on all the television all the developers were watching as kids. Probably. Yeah. That's I'm that's sure. what I was learning when I worked at Capcom that I never the did we say that the Yusichi that that icon you see in a lot mm -hmm. of early Capcom games that's that's based on like a forty year running ninja show. Wow. Uh, based wow. on the pinwheel Yusichi because that's what all the developers of those games were obsessed with. Of course. Old time like they're they they're Western and, and Goemon's this adorable tongue in cheek Western uh, that sends up modern that the parodies modern things as well. So yeah, like, I yeah. don't know. I've, I've, I can't appreciate it as much as a you know someone from Japan, but it's something I've always wanted to appreciate more and have made mild efforts to do so. Not many outside the Super Nintendo game. Yeah, same. But yeah, again, this one is bending the rules. So let's move along to one that actually does help you grow as a person. Number four. I still have allies in Olympus, Ares. Now you will see how strong I am. 
I know you guys know what this is. Giant Kratos, God of War. <laughs> that is true. After thousands of years, Pandora's box was finally opened. The power of the gods unleashed. You are still just a mortal. Every bit as weak as the day you begged me to save your life. I am not the same man you found that day. The monster you've created has returned to kill you. You have no idea what a true monster is, Kratos. And then he grows spider legs out of his back. So this is, uh, I guess, we've already spoiled the end of the first God of War <laughs> for anyone who still cares about that. Which first God of War? The very first right. God of War. The original, yeah. the OG. Yeah, yeah, not the new yeah. one. Uh, the OG God of War. So, I mean, but, I mean, come on. You start that game, you can kind of see from a mile away where it's going to go. Uh, yeah, it's right there in the title, kind of. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's also, like, that whole series kind of has a fascination with giants throughout, mm-hmm. at least through, yes. the, through the first. Actually, even in even in the reboot, there's, there's yes, a lot of giant things that Kratos is either scaling or talking to. Yeah. Or, they call it yeah. Titan Gameplay in yeah, magazines. That was, that yeah, that was for God yeah. of War 3. Um but at the end of God of War 1, Kratos confronts Ares, who is gotten really, really big and is threatening the city of Athens. And so he uses the power of Pandora's box to also grow really big. And then you get Nobody to... threatens my favorite Georgia town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you get REM's to... from there. <laughs> you, get, you get to fight Ares one-on-one in, like, this massive bay outside of Athens that shrinks down to become basically a big arena with ankle-deep water to give it that sense of scale. And uh, eventually, partway through the fight, you realize, just when you think that the chips are down and you don't have a chance left, so Kratos realizes, hey, that giant statue over there is holding a sword like a bridge, which you previously crossed when you were regular size, by the way, which, you know, makes it extra cool and gives it that extra sense of scale. Uh, I wonder if this is a gift from the gods. And then he yeah, picks it up and uses it against Ares. And you get all those those great zinging noises as he's using a, a giant fuck-off sword weapon. I guess not for the first time in the game. There was a similar no. one you got earlier. No. But. You know, if my vast historical knowledge that was imparted to me by 300 in Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. holds true, <laughs> I would have to wonder, would a Spartan give a shit about Athens being invaded? You know, I mean, there's the mm-hmm. whole thing is... In that context, with yeah. you know, 300, I, yes. Yeah. Depends, think- is there a B-52s concert? We're still talking about Georgia, right? <laughs> exactly. It's like, depend, are they fighting each other or are other people fighting them? That's the well, thing. <laughs> I, I, I think the, the whole thing with God of War is that Athena, the goddess, is like Kratos' AA sponsor. And so he's doing her a favor <laughs> right, at the end right. there. AA like more like his angry, uh, anger management <laughs> yeah, sponsor. Yeah, he's like his, his unpaid therapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, but that, that yeah, of course he gets big. Of yeah, course, of course he a, does. It's a great finale for that game that he gets you. You get to be all huge and like just beat the shit out of the god of war one on one, and like that. That's before Kratos ascends to godhood, and and right. like the stakes become wildly different in later games. This one, like he's still immortal, even though he can claw his way out of Hades, he can still technically die. You know, to this point, 
and again, we're going to spoil a really old game. I hadn't given much thought to the fact that the first game is named after a different character than you until you ascend mm-hmm. and become that so god of war at the yes. end of it. It's yeah, like, that's kind of what I'm going to try throwing a name. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, for us, you know, a series, especially the first three games, it's so um, over the top. You know, that, mm-hmm. that was a good way to, to end it at the end there. Well, it's certainly better than the Wonder Woman Ares fight. I think we can all agree on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. David Thewlis is just not as menacing as that. <laughs> no, he's not. That big redheaded beardo voiced by Steve Bloom at the very end of God of War. Uh, and, and yeah, like this this one, it, it's always kind of funny. I think we, we talked a while ago about like representations of Hades in mm-hmm. video games and mm-hmm. how like it, it seems like every... Like, all these different takes on the Greek pantheon always have to, like, somebody has to be the devil. Mm-hmm. And usually it's yeah. Hades. This time yeah. around, it's Ares. Like, Ares is basically, he's the asshole that no one gets along with and everyone wants to die at this point. And just to drive it home, Kratos literally sells his soul to Ares before the events of the game. If, just in case you needed it to be any clearer. So it's like, who, all right. Who, yeah. Who was the devil in Phoenix Rising? It wasn't... It wasn't Hades uh, either, was it? No, um, no, it was um, it was a uh, it was Typhon. Typhon, who's, Typhon, who's like yeah. a, he's a monster. He's not a god, but he's he's like the father of all monsters. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I also like that in Greek mythology they play around with this thing a lot of like the gods are kind of any size they want to be whenever it suits them, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, they might be vast, huge creatures, and and Immortals: Phoenix Rising plays around with this a bit too, and it's like yeah, but sometimes they're just regular human size when they want to be, and it's just like. Yeah, that's just kind of part of that pantheon. Like, all right, mm-hmm. fine, I'll go yeah. with it. Yeah, we can get as big or as small as we want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Sure. Let's move along to... Number three! I was contracted to re-engineer me and large machine to create huge, heavily armed mechs. So that's where those mechs came from. Precisely. Had I known Drek was behind this, I never would have done it. Is there anything we can do? Well, if you'll volunteer to be enlarged, you may be able to stop those mechs long enough for me to sabotage this machine. And then you will change me back? Uh, I've never tried that, but in theory, yes. I heard a clank in there. I, I, say, I heard a clank. clank. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the game, but that's... Yeah. Well, it's, it's actually the first game, and it kicked oh, yeah. off a, a grand tradition of clank the tiny little codependent backpack that always sits on on ratchet's back becoming the gigantic controllable character and ah. uh, and again this one stretches the, the 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 limitations a little bit but i think ratchet and clank they're both in the title technically they are both the character you are controlling yes. mm-hmm. and so this is just it's it's like if kazooie just became huge and banjo started riding around on her back same thing same thing it's the backpack becoming the the backpacker um, but so so in this sequence in the first Ratchet and Clank, uh, Clank steps on a pad and becomes fucking gigantic and starts kicking ass. And then he goes back to normal size, and uh, we shall never speak of this again until the next game when he also has an occasion to get big. And I think that one, uh, Going Commando, does does something really cool with it, and that like the the giant clake sequence is on this big, like round planet. It's like a Mario Galaxy planet where you're you're actually on a sphere, but you, oh, sure, yeah. it's you're surrounded by a bunch of big skyscrapers, and while you're fighting this 
guy in a mech, you are punching your way through them. So um, that's that's pretty cool. And uh, he came back again in Up Your Arsenal. And in a big way, in Size Matters, in which you get shrunk down tiny, and then the final boss, Auto Destruct, uses his shrink ray on himself to make himself gigantic, so Clink also gets gigantic, just to even the odds. Ooh, nice shooting. Very clever, too. <laughs> now, where were we? This is getting better all the time. Yeah, so that's mm. that's auto destruct the final boss of, and and yeah, like he he appears a few other times in that game. There's like a, a weird nightmare sequence where you're playing as Ratchet, and giant Clank appears, and you have to run from him. And because it's on the PSP, it, you have a very limited field of view. Like you just see giant Clank's feet as they're coming <laughs> after you, and occasionally like he'll he'll lean down and you'll see an arm swipe in, and uh, that's kind of neat. I'm trying to remember if they did this in the last couple games. The 2016 no. game didn't, but the, the latest one now, this is a spoiler, so mm-hmm. skip ahead a few seconds if you don't want to hear it. It's not Clank that does it, but there's another robot character. She doesn't get giant, but she gets pretty badass. And yeah, yeah she... And I, I, I don't think you can control her, but... Mm, uh, okay. But it's yeah, it's she, yeah she it's like cutscene level stuff yeah but uh, yeah so it, but it's it's because it, Clank is created as one of these like killer bots right like his his whole thing is like he's supposed to be almost just like the headpiece of this giant gigantic killer robot or whatever but he, he is isn't yeah like canonically I'm, hmm. I'm trying to remember if that was just Kit's role or if it was Clank's as well. oh it might might it might just be Kit I, but, I feel uh, like they've messed around with Clank's origin a few times yeah, that, like mm-hmm. they. They've sort of explained it, but then it's like, oh, but there's all these things called the Zoni, and he's actually like this uh, other dimensional creature or something like that. Like, oh, has a much see, I'm more going based origin. on 2016 game played around with that a little bit of like, yeah, he's meant to be this killer machine. But then, yeah, the new one. Mm. The game's not kit, fucking kit. canon, Matt. Stop talking about it. <laughs> no one thinks that the game's canon. I don't know. I have no the idea The only canon about. that matters in Ratchet and Clank games is the cannons you shoot at enemies. Yes. yes. That is very true. Yeah. So what I happen to be on the wiki, and I, yeah, it is the, in the 2016 game, he's born in Quartu's robot factory as Warbot, but he's a defective one. Oh. And he's a defect in a line of warbots created by Doctor Nefarious. So yeah, he, he's he's the, the he's the mutt. He's the defect. <laughs> he's the Johnny Fuck. <laughs> yes. yes. And yes. then I was yes. struck by lightning, and I'm alive. <laughs> no disassemble. But yeah, these these sequences are cool. They're sort of underutilized. Uh, they might have. I, I I do wonder, like, if one of the reasons we haven't really seen them make a comeback is because uh, Secret Agent Clank was kind of poorly received. Mm, okay. and, uh, well, it was well received for the system it was on. Mm, I don't know. That's yeah. a bit like that. Uh, was it the Daxter by himself game? Like, oh, Daxter was had... really good. Everybody loved Daxter. Like that came but up and like, what game do I need to buy for PSP? Oh, Daxter, totally. No. But the Hopefully problem is, it's just it. on PSP, and mm. so it has a limited audience. Well, anyway, getting getting huge as Clank as is fun. But if you're talking getting about yoked, getting huge, if you're talking about platformers, so that you act like a kaiju. Uh, well, this one's really good, too. Number two. The peaceful city of Lungfishopolis is under attack tonight by a hideous, gigantic monster the terrified citizens have named Gugawal. The Navy has responded quickly and decisively, dispatching its entire tank division to neutralize the creature. 
Soon, authorities say, everything will return to normal or better. Kidnapping human children is good. That last part's the only one you have to pay attention to. <laughs> it's it's funny that you bring up this part of Psychonauts because it's not what inspired me to think of it, but you're right in that it's more appropriate for this list. Mm-hmm. So. Because you actually get to become a kaiju in Lungfishopolis, which yes. whose mental world could that be? I can't imagine. It's a giant lungfish mm-hmm. creature that what's what's her real name? Linda. Come to find? We talked Linda, about this last you. week. This is yes, yes, <laughs> showing off our lack of imagination. We talk about psychonauts twice in as many weeks. I'm still playing it. I am so enamored with this game. Yeah. Can't help it. This is the first one to be clear. I know. Not, the not that one, but yeah, yeah I, I played that recently. Anyway, Psychonauts yeah. is worth talking about it. I'm I'm yeah. thinking game of the year. So, Psychonauts 2. So, shut up, everyone. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, it's one of those games I keep hearing about, and I have never played it. So oh, oh man. It's it. it's one of those games I had never played all the way through, and I, I think I'd picked it up on Steam over the years, and I was like, kind of just like, I'm oh, messing around, and I got like third of the way through, and I said, oh, it's fine. I got distracted. But then I, I made sure I went back and beat this before 2. Mm-hmm. Um, not that you need to, because 2 has like a really great What's Happened So Far video, yep. but like the game holds up. Okay. And one of the reasons it holds up is, like, it's more just based around how imaginative the designers think, are with the levels and stuff. Like, in the ways you were talking about, Ratchet and Clank is supposed to look modern all the time, mm-hmm. which is difficult to do, whereas Psychonauts shows this weird Tim Burton-esque style. Yeah, Pee-wee Nightmare, Tim yeah. Burton. It's, it's uh, yeah, and, and, it, and it, it holds up. Like, yeah, graphically, it's still an Xbox, a OG Xbox title. So I do recommend if you're going to play it, I played it on PC and like it's one of those weird games where like the textures are super high res but the polygons aren't all there so it's like <laughs> yeah. it looks decent you know but could look better but uh and it's also you know platforming and stuff's a little floaty but other than that like it holds up because it's so inventive and imaginative and and so emblematic of everything Double Fine is about and proof of that is this level where you're inside the lungfish's head and you are basically acting out like her fantasy is being this giant kaiju or something and you just wipe out this peaceful town well i i love that yeah it's it's a big uh peaceful city full of tiny inhabitants and like you're introduced to it with like this uh police officer uh helping like a woman with a baby stroller across the street it's like oh how are you this fine morning and good day to you officer a lungfish how are you today oh damp and happy can't complain and what are you and the wee one up to on this lovely day oh just obeying the law as always all posted directives followed to the letter (laughs) it's like you know this this perfect orderly society and in come you as this giant monster boy named Gogalore, and you start wrecking buildings and uh, just making a mess of things. Uh, but you you find out that, like, well, this city is being run by this giant superhero Ultraman-style character named Kochamara, and uh, there is a resistance of little lungfish dudes in headbands that uh, <laughs> speak in, I, I think, almost exaggeratedly upper-class uh, white American accents. <laughs> My word. Maybe not that that upper-class. <laughs> we have commandeered these vessels in your name. We can put them in position to help you cross Kochamara Channel to get to Kochamara Island and destroy Kochamara Tower. The thing is that um, although we have the utmost faith that you will soon contain the area, Gogolor, we, uh... uh... We just think it best to do where... Uh, 
We've decided to maintain our position out here. Just until you clear the area of all hostiles. Yes. For insurance reasons, Godlord. Yes, that. And for freedom. I don't know. The, the voices just struck me as like I don't know if you, if you watch like the 1960s dubbed Godzilla movies, it's like every yes. every man in those sounds like he should be smoking a pipe in a jacket with like patches on the elbows. Of course, the second I, I, I got it. Yeah. Banana oil. The There's no way that Gamera will come here and destroy us all. Oh no, no. <laughs> yeah. I I do also love that Linda the lungfish. She was just a regular lungfish, but mm. it was uh, you come to find out the big. One of the hidden big bads of the game makes her into this hideous creature by messing with her mind. And that's why you're going inside her mind is to kind of fix like because the whole premise of these games is you're, you're going inside someone's psyche to fix what's wrong. Right. So if they're having delusions about a much things, more polite persona. I was going right. to say, that's what it sounds like persona, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it's basically like you're, you know, you're in there to cure her of this thought that like she's this monstrous creature. I do love that she's from Lake Oblongata. Uh, the game is just full of stupid, like, little jokes yeah, like that. Brain like puns. That. Yes, for sure. But, uh, no, and then this level culminates with, like any good kaiju game, like a big kaiju battle versus basically like a Mothra-type enemy. Yeah. And she's like, it's like a flying creature that then you have to but bring he, down. He's flying, but he looks like, uh, he looks like Ultraman. And, right, uh, that's he, what it is. That's he's, why he's a He mech. sounds that's like this. Give up while you can, Gondalore. I don't know what you're broadcasting from. I'm going to find out and make you show me what happened to Lily. The camera does not speak giant monster boy language. The only word you're going to need is ouch. Cochamera nice. does not speak giant monster boy language. No, no, of course not. Hogwash. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, once you do beat the, the battle, then basically Linda just becomes a transport. She gets you to kind of the one of the last levels of the game. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. takes and, and it occurred to me like what a like how much that leans into like the campfire story stuff. Like we didn't talk about it last week on like the, you know, summer camp games when we were talking about camp whispering rock, but Chris, like your whole thing about like, there is a mental hospital nearby and the patients sometimes wander the grounds. Like that is basically psychonauts. And it's like across the lake is an asylum. Yes. And and there is a, 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 a creepy guy with like a prosthetic limb who hangs out there and will occasionally come to terrify the campers. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A guy with a hook hand who only makes phone calls from basements. Yep, basically. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Psychonauts is great. Lungfishopolis is one of the most oh, memorable oh. parts of the game, I think. Oh. But sorry, the other part of this we forgot to bring up is, like, the game also culminates with uh, Raz, mm-hmm. his character. Like, he becomes a kaiju sort of as well, and this is what gave me the thought is, Toward the end of the game, you're fighting a giant creature and someone comes and lends you their power and you become, you don't, your body doesn't grow, but like your psychic version. And it's this cool little like effect where you almost look like this scribble drawing that's like moving. And it's basically Raz's projection of his mind, of his psych powers, which that's the whole like the melee combat in that game is like Raz shoots psychic power out of his hands that look like these huge fists and karate chops and stuff like that. Would you basically be... I think you, you become like the size of a circus tent and you're mm. there's a big giant kaiju battle taking place with you, Raz, like your psychic projection is the kaiju. And so, yeah, it happens twice in one game that you get to become a giant creature. So bonus points for that. Yeah, nice. But, but um, when you talk about the kaiju experience, I, I did a lot of soul searching and I think this might be my favorite approach to it. 
This is a game that came out this year, I think. And I'm not sure January, since this oh, year's about February. six years long. Um, uh, six yeah. hours long. <laughs> yeah. Well, the game. No, came I'm out saying this few... year is about six years long. Oh, okay. The I game see. is six hours long. The, the, this portion of the game came out this year. It came, it came with a game that came out a few years prior mm. as well. But this is the, the most the, splendid bonus mode from any remaster or remake of any game. This is the Bowser's Fury mode of the uh, Super yeah. Mario 3D which, World, which I contend is a separate game. It is different enough from yeah. Super Mario 3D World that I'm yeah. I'm comfortable calling it. A I think it's thing. a thousand yeah. times better. Yes, me too. In 3D World, yeah, uh, it's 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 a, probably a separate executable on that. It's like a yeah, separate menu. All, all this sure. time looking up the mega fucking mega mushroom, thinking that was going to be it, but this is way better. I, well, well, that's the thing is is I was kind of like calling it out with Michael like. The Mario series has done this several times. Maybe yeah. none as good as the way they do it in Bowser's Fury, though. Like, yeah. like I think yeah. the Bowser's Fury is a realization for what you wanted that to be. You wanted Mario to be a kaiju. Yeah, and the the Mega Mushroom, like I think, which I think happened it for the first time in New Super Mario Brothers on DS. I think I really think it's Mario Party Four. Might might be. I don't know, but but and that was a, that was a, the the screen filling side scrolling Mario yes. that I remember. Mm-hmm. That like yeah. you're just they, smashing in, in through all the blocks. Mario yes. sixty four DS. There's a mushroom in the game that looks like a regular mushroom that makes you big, but not the size of your screen kaiju you big. big. Giant yeah. big. And even the, even the new Super Mario Brothers one isn't as big as this one, because this one is like, I, I love everything about this. And it they add in like metal in the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> mushroom yeah. Kingdom yeah. metal yeah. I, I that lo- rises up when this happens. These are such great events in a wonderful real-time game. Yeah, so the, the, this is basically... Um, the world of Bowser's Fury, if you haven't played it, is basically a, a big open world that unlocks gradually. Like, you, you open it up gradually. And uh, the whole time that you're playing... Like Bowser is in the middle of the world and he's like gradually growing bigger. And so it's kind of like a timer. Eventually he will reach a specific size. And when that happens, he'll wake up. The skies will darken. Uh, There's a big storm and Bowser, gigantic fucking Bowser will come after (laughs) you. And so then if you're regular size, which you will be when this happens, you just kind of have to run and uh, protect yourself uh, until he goes away. Like, it, it's still a time thing. Eventually, he will leave. But as you collect these different bells and accomplish different objectives throughout the world, you will get access to the Giga Bell, which is this gigantic bell. And if you touch it while it's ringing, uh, you will turn into Giga Cat Mario, which is like this massive Super Saiyan Mario. And... Uh, when you get that size, the the thing I really like about this is the entire open world, as you've been exploring it as regular size Mario, now becomes a tiny playground that you can run around in. And like all these these massive structures that you were climbing are suddenly tiny. You can just jump right over them. And uh, so you, you're basically just now having a big wrestling match with Bowser. And the the whole point <laughs> of it really is, cool. like, get him on his back and do a stomp on his belly three times, and then you'll send him back, and you'll get to go on to the next, I guess, the next stage of the world's evolution and with new things that you can find. You better get on that, Vince, before AEW signs him. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, this is, it's such a fun game. 
it's the best pack-in for anything Nintendo's done like this, which is re-releasing a game from an unpopular flat platform onto a more popular platform. It's not my favorite Mario game by a long shot, mm. but this... I don't know why they don't sell it separately. Mm. This game will never go down in price. It'll always be 60 bucks, but it's kind of it's, worth, it's it, worth it. Because it's, you know, Super Mario 3D World's not a bad game. It's just oh, not, not as good as stretch, Odyssey. No. The Cat Mario stuff, super cute, by the way. Kids love the yeah. Cat Mario and it, stuff. But it's it's also, yeah, it's it's like two very different games. So, like, I, I think of it, and we've t- I think we've talked about it on here before, that there are, like, two different strains of Mario game. There's mm-hmm. the Super Mario Brothers likes where, you know, you're going through all these discrete levels and worlds and getting power-ups and smashing bricks and there's a timer and you have to get to the end quickly. And then there are the the games that sort of descended from Super Mario 64 like Sunshine and Odyssey mm-hmm. and this feels like another chapter in that that particular lineage. Right. Like, mm-hmm. just... But but even more different though, so like like with those games, at least the worlds themselves are never huge. Mm-hmm. They can be big, but never huge. But I think what you guys are saying is like Bowser's Fury, that overworld map, whatever you want to call it, is it's actually huge for a Mario map too. It's like yeah. one of the bigger ones yeah. they've done for this, you know, for a, a singular location in any Mar- 3D Mario game, it's massive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right, and uh, it's it, it might be the biggest, and it's just so odd because like uh, technically the way this is sold whatever Matt just described, it's selling two different branches of the Mario evolution in one package, which mm-hmm. yeah. is kind of weird because that all stars is clearly here's 3d Mario. Enjoy all of it. Yeah. Right. Bowser's Fury should have been in yeah. that thing technically. Mm. Yeah. But you can see why it wasn't because 3d world needed the help. Fit. <laughs> yeah. Would have been a better fit, but it's, it's just so great. And, and, and one of the, uh, I haven't played one of these, I wanted to crack open that that 2013 Godzilla game for that PlayStation game. Hmm. They never they never showed us anything about, but tease us for a year. There's an exclusive PS3 Godzilla game. Oh, like, right. oh boy, yeah. right? It's going to be great. And then no one knew what it was about until the reviews came out, and they were like three out of tens. Yep. But I, but I still always wanted to play it. Um, yep. uh, but this this is truly embodies the experience of wanting to play a giant version of a character you're already familiar with and know how to play as. Um, yeah, and, it, it and I, I love big. that. I love that the Mario series has always played with like uh, eat a mushroom to get bigger, mm-hmm. and they just took that to its logical conclusion yeah. with yeah. the new games. They even did it in the Mario and Luigi RPGs. They mess around with it yep. occasionally too, but like this is the best version of it. It's the giant wrestler kaiju Mario versus. <laughs> what is it? Basically, is that the version of Bowser from Odyssey? Like, I mean, I know Bowser kind of changes throughout Odyssey, but like. Know. That's a good question. Hmm. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know because I just assumed it was all from the same engine as 3D World. Yeah, I mean, they were using assets from it's, 3D World. It's a much bigger uh, version than that one because that that one's almost you know, if if Mario's like what three or four feet tall, Bowser's like you know seven or eight feet tall, something like that. That that's like a big Bowser, but not a giant Bowser. And then this is massive fucking Bowser that you have to get big just to fight. And the whole time Bowser Jr. is helping you along. Like, that's another cool thing about it. It's like, oh, it's a team-up game. And you can hmm. set him to just be like an AI character that goes around hoovering up power-ups for you. Or, uh, you know, you can have a second player play as him if they're, you know, either not good at video games or enjoy being bored. <laughs> well, yeah. Buy this, game. So this is the number one kaiju. Mm-hmm. Playable kaiju that you grew into, not the whole game. This yeah. isn't King of the Monsters, games, folks. Games this that is... make you giant. Games that grow you into a kaiju. That's 
our top five. Brought to you by Four Hymns, who is not a sponsor, but will help you grow <laughs> with the male enhancement. I'm sorry. Gross. Wait, wait till they pay us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. All right, that's been our top five. Hope you enjoyed it. So on that note, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. <laughs> Let's get scratching. Do you like video game apocalypse in 302010? Well, the Lasertime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two. Over at patreon.com slash lasertime, we've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 3020 and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Bidja Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. And then my absolute favorite thing I'd never heard of until Michael put it in this doc. The Flintstones colon Burger Time and Bedrock. I wanted to find more trademark screens, but this is very much the arcade classic Burger Time. Yep. Done with me, your pal Fred. And he beats up, he beats up like the Great Gazoo as if he's an enemy. But it is like a, a much slower Burger Time with a story. You know what they don't have? What they didn't shell out for? The Flintstones theme. But the Flintstones theme they came up with for Flintstones Burger Time in Bedrock is one of the most sublime and melancholy things I've ever heard. It's there, yeah, this man. is a, this is sadder. Like, <laughs> like if Wilma leaves Fred, this is what this is what he's driving through with him in the middle of the movie. He's driving through the rain. Flintstones meet the Flintstones. <laughs> that is like. Am I really not attentive enough for Wilma? I'm too old to move on. <laughs> So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 302010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? Yeah! And welcome back to our final segment where I'm just going to hit this button. And we're going to talk about some new games. New games. Um, Matt, we we talked a little bit about the Maneater DLC last week. You you played it this week. I did. Yeah, I got a code and I played it this week. And I just wanted to expand upon your thoughts. Which yeah, gotta be Man honest, Eater Truth kind of looking kind of looking at this through a different lens this week. If uh, <laughs> if you've been following the news, but the biggest uh, tripwire news this week. Uh, so. As I went to play it, though, I do need to warn listeners, like, I, I love Maneater, but this is one of those DLCs that sort of, 
it assumes you've beaten the game. It's like one of those high-level, high-powered DLCs, mm. and or maybe it's not. But because I was high-powered, it, it, things were sucking for me. And here, like, here's the problem I would have: it would like go to send me on like a main mission quest or whatever. But because I was like highest level shark, I had platinum that game when it first came out. Like the the bullshit that I'm having to put up with. So like, if you remember that game, like. If you're eating human beings, they will immediately send hunters out after you or whatever. So, Mm -hmm. like, literally, I would eat one or two people for, like, one of those first missions, and it would send level 65 hunting crews after me, which is just, like, you take, like, two or three shots and and you die. And I'm like, it shouldn't be this hard to get into the DLC for your game when I'm, like, this max super-powered shark. So just kind of beware if you are going to uh, drop into it take a few minutes get used to the controls again try to remember your powers and your various equip probably the bone armor is probably the safest one that's yeah. going to protect you the what most. whatever yeah. lets you deal a bunch of damage while you're dodging that's what you want to yeah. do yeah because you're going to so, be dodging a lot yeah it, it, and i just don't like that like the hunting the hunters showing up just makes shit not fun and i'm like you're mm-hmm. you're disincentivizing me from playing the the game the way you've told me to play like you've literally told me like hey go attack these human beings here mm-hmm. but by doing so i'm i'm summoning these hunters that are going to kill my ass within a few shots but also that- those hunters are a key part of the storyline of the DLC and that you have to draw out the the high level bounty hunters and and destroy all five of them in order to progress the plot but but this was before all that this was just your standard run-of-the-mill like hey there's hunters on hunting ships coming after you because you're causing havoc in this bay or whatever which is like come on dude like so just beware it's one of those dlcs that sort of assumes you've been playing the game um so i i would say if you if you buy the apex edition i think which is what they're calling like the version that you know the dlc comes with it's uh and if you're going straight from the campaign into the DLC, it's probably fine. But I was out of shark practice, let's just mm. say, for over yeah. a year. So it does it does yeah. take a little getting used to sometimes. But you do get to fight atomic whales, which oh, is yeah, neat. I'm sure, yeah. sure, yeah. So yeah, but it is nice going to a higher level area because you know by the end of that game, I'm like, there's no challenge here, and literally they drop me in, and there's like I'm fighting a great white who's like two levels below me, and I'm like, okay, so this is a decent challenge compared to what I've been dealing with. Mm. So you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so that's it. Yep. So a couple of big things came out this week, which were kind of a surprise. Uh, Fist Forged in Shadow Torch is a Chinese-developed 2D Metroidvania. Is that three games? What happened? No, it's just one. It's it's, it's Fist, (laughs) and Fist is an acronym for Forged in Shadow Torch. You know, just like back in 2000 and... Seven with fear. Like, this is a trend that's coming back, Chris. All right. You know? This game looks cool. Maybe I can t- finally get in my dad's fisting uh, hat. It's, it's, it's been talking <laughs> a lot about Speaking of 2007-ish, what the way I've heard this game described, uh, not by you, Michael, but it's like... Uh, there's like some shadow complex vibes, but with more melee yeah. combat. You yeah, know, well, like I, I said, like the game that immediately reminds me of is the Strider reboot that came out a few years yeah, back, which I liked. I which liked is oh, it looks beautiful. Yeah, it's it's very pretty. It's a Metroidvania. You play as a uh, grizzled uh, rabbit former soldier who your your best friend Urso gets gets uh, arrested by the 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 Iron Dog Legion. Who, Assume he's a bear. Who are, yeah, they're they're just these soulless <laughs> robot robot troops, and they drag him off to the torch tower, and so you have to strap on your big robot fist and uh, and go rescue him. And you will get different robot arm weapons over the course of the game. You also like I've also unlocked a drill 
that in addition to doing a bunch of different melee combos, which you can unlock at different, you know, terminals throughout the game, uh, you can, like, it, it gives you, like, a little gyrocopter thing so you can glide over dangerous surfaces. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's getting, it, it doesn't incentivize things quite as clearly as, like, you know, a Metroid or a Castlevania does, where it's just uh. like, you know, you're in, at the beginning and, like, oh, there's, like, some power-up or something that you can see it and it's just out of reach and you don't have whatever it, it takes to, like, smash down the barriers around it, but you know eventually I'm going to get whatever I need and I'm going to be able to come back here and get that stupid thing. Um, but it, it, it doesn't quite dangle that particular carrot, but uh, it is a lot of fun to explore. Um, you, you start off in this, like, old town environment that it's 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 like a very dingy, like, you know, slums of Hong Kong sort of thing where there's like all these faded posters all over the walls. And Does this, uh, old, ev- does this old town have a road? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Surprising. Just Not sure. really a road. Um, it, this is a, uh, I think you're, you're underselling a little bit of the uh, anthropomorphic animal aspect I, am of this I? game. Totally. I, I was, man, like, that's I'm great always, shots. I was, yeah. I went way out on a limb to like champion biomutant because I just mm-hmm. love the idea of animals raised on the wasteland. It literally looks like a rabbit in a robot suit. Yeah. <laughs> like, so there was Biomutant, there was that game Mutant Year Zero, which also has anthropomorphic animals. And then this one where I think the creatures, they're not called furries, but it's close. It's like the fur. They're the furtisans. The furtisans. I mean. Which wow. is terrible. Come I'm on. sorry. No, I it's mean. It's too close to fartisans. I feel like Furtizen is what furries would tell you they prefer to be called if you go to a convention. Like, please, please, sir, we prefer to be called Furtisans. Right? Like, that sounds like a furry with papers. Like, I'm a Furtizen. Uh, we're starting our own colony here, actually. This is the libertarian furry movement. Sure. <laughs> we're all going to live on this Sovereign boat. Furtisans. Got it. <laughs> Have you met my wife, this Sally Acorn pillow? <laughs> But yeah, uh, Fist is is a lot of fun. I sure it is. caught my attention because I had <laughs> Take heard that in nothing. The context, put that on the back of the bo- any box. Shut you up, wants, everyone. <laughs> Michael says, <laughs> "Shut the fuck up." Seriously, uh, I I knew nothing. I'd, I'd heard nothing about it, and then like somebody tweeted out review scores, and I was like, "Holy shit, it's getting eights and nines. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is definitely worth checking out. And, and I'm yeah. actually interested in it. Just, it didn't seem like it was it was blowing a lot of air up your skirt at the time. Yeah, and it's. Uh, Thirty dollars on PlayStation. That's so. The release was a little bit weird. I thought there was a free demo on Steam, but apparently that was like a time demo that expired in late August. It's exclusive on PlayStation right now, I think. Right, and then mm-hmm. will eventually be coming to Steam as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, PS4 and PS5 right now, and there is an actual dedicated PS5 version. So okay. that's that's great. Um, you can really feel the fisting. Yeah, you version, really right? feel with the controller. Fisting. Wow, yeah. I love it, love it. <laughs> hey, speaking of anthropomorphic animals, Sonic Colors oh! Ultimate. I got a, I got a, uh, uh, some sounds from it. I got to get Michael. This is from my previous Sonic review. Sonic is gay. Okay, I, okay. See, that was definitely worth the wait. That, that's a different route to go. I had a different sound effect joke that I had sent Michael. Michael hit my sound effect. This is Sonic. Tell us, T. So this is this is one of the best latter day Sonic games. I think it's the best 3D Sonic game. It's the last good 3D Sonic game. 
Better than Generations? Oh, no, no, sorry. Not better than Generations, but Generations had this other weird hook. Uh, I thought there was a, there was an element of sadness to it in that it was trying to rec- hmm. it was nostalgia based whereas this is like oh it's Sonic moving forward and mo- also moving away from needless overworlds uh, needless dialogue needless cutscenes like something like that was really bogging down that series and, and moving left to right not just forward because it has two D levels yes, as well so, but right? I, I think being in, more inspired by Mario Galaxy because the levels are little, literally planets. And uh, it, it borrows a lot from Mario Galaxy and basically makes a much more streamlined platforming game without that fucking infinite amount of chuffa that is in every stupid fucking Sonic game that makes it embarrassing <laughs> to play as an adult. Uh, Sonic Colors lacks most of that. Yeah, it I, makes sense that this is ripping Galaxy, or not ripping, but it, it is inspired by because this is a Wii game, right? I mean, like this originally. When you when you say literally planets, it's like, well, it's it's really just a connection or a collection of Sonic levels around a specific theme that are All supposed right. to be. I'll on take the planet, that. But wiki parsing like a chance. I, it's, it's just <laughs> you say Mario Galaxy, and I imagine like, oh, it's a giant round planet that you're running around on, and it's not that. It's no, those are just the bonus levels, Michael, where you have yeah. to turn left or right exactly. to get blue orbs. But all, yeah. Also. Shut up! It is literally a planet where all the levels take place, and they are all chained sure. together. Uh, but but yes, it's not spherical. No, hmm. so I messed up. Mm-hmm. Shut up! But you did get to drill through birthday cake. Uh, I love that level so much. Yeah, and it was. Some- I, I I love the the Robotnik like the loudspeaker chatter that like it. It's yeah. it's surprisingly well written yeah. and it's actually kind of funny. Like he just keeps coming over, like in in the um, sweet land, whatever it's called, where things are like big cakes and sweets and stuff like that. He's like, "Do not lick the rides," repeatedly. <laughs> just don't lick the rides. People have been sitting on them with their butts. Okay, fine. Lick the rides. Don't say anything. I, I recently you. finally finished that Sonic movie, and Robotnik might be one of the best parts. Like Jim Carrey knocks that out of the yes, park. He is he having does. so much fun in that role. But I, I don't care for it. I think it's James Marsden's movie, and mm. I, everyone else can be moved around as long as he's in the next one. I don't care. <laughs> said no. Poor, I love James Marsden, but said no one ever. Yeah. What is uh What is the ultimateness of this game? Is it just because it's in because it's HD a remaster? Or? Yeah. It, it takes a Wii game that uh, does not look very good on modern TVs. I, I bought this because I, I felt responsible. I said, I, I don't know if I reviewed it at the time, but I was like, this should look better. But it's Sega signed an exclusive agreement to only put Sonic games on Wii uh, before the previous generation. Mm-hmm. So the Wii got a bunch of exclusive Sonic games. And this one never came to Steam, unlike Lost Worlds. So I, I just remember writing, this should look better. When, if this goes to another console, it will look better. And I, I thought it would happen earlier. I didn't think it would take a decade. Right. Um, I also feel responsible for now that this has happened, and I bought it. Um, look, I don't want to be nitpicky YouTube gamer, but like <laughs> the idea, like, this is a remake of a, a 10-year-old game. Why do I have multiple update patches of 30, <laughs> 20 gigabyte patches for a game that was finished 10 years ago. Well, I'm, I'm guessing because I was just, I had to look this up. Technically, you can run this in 4K at 60 frames per yeah. second. So the 4K mm-hmm. would, that'd be a lot more memory than the old Wii. And I think other than some minor performance issues, which is profoundly, which I, normally I wouldn't blink my eye at. Those will get patched out. All good. This is a 10 year old game. 
If, the, yeah. if it's lagging, if there's input delay, that's fucking kind of unacceptable. But what like, were you I, saying about the Switch version and DLC? Like that was the somebody, only version. This, these are. I was looking at it on Xbox, considering getting it there, and um, the reviews are like the DLC does not work here. It only works on the Switch. I didn't follow that up at all, hmm. but um, multiple Great. people on reviewing it on Xbox are like the DLC does not work. And these are user re- these are user reviews. So what that usually means is like my DLC doesn't work right now. Five alarm fire. <laughs> one but that's star. like a that's like a tech thing, not yeah. like a the switch doesn't have exclusive DLC or something. No, no, no. I think they were just saying that like like most of the retail games and uh, the digital deluxe version have extra shit in it. But um, well, it is it I'm is kind of so weird. I, I mean, the switch version is, I guess, a bit of the lesser version because it can't run at 4K. It can only be HD, right? Presumably, uh, if Switch does anything like smart delivery, which drumroll. It won't. <laughs> it will not. It'll never do that. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> um, I have games that I bought on systems that are literally just stranded I, on I the system. I would say Nintendo's making like... quite a bit of money on a, on a lack of smart delivery right now. Oh, man, Doom on the Switch. <laughs> you got to get this. But yeah. it, uh, we should say this is a $40 game, not not a full price. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But it's, it seems like a... If you never played Colors before, it might be a good way to play a pretty good recent. It's Sonic it's, game. it's it's an odd time. I'm I'm very uncomfortable being nostalgic for things in my 30s, but I just played you a piece of YouTube <laughs> poop, um, a, a, an AM a FM DJ guy I like just died, and I've just been in this like nostalgic loop of like 1999, 2000 offensive shit that used to make me laugh, and that's why I found that goddamn clip again. <laughs> Sonic is gay. Um, yeah. The related video was <laughs> Sonic chops his cock off. YouTube, YouTube. <laughs> I I, Matt looks very stern, but I like I could not stop laughing at the notion of what was acceptable to put on YouTube. Like, just can't wait ago. for that uh, that Parappa the Rapper meme where Sonic's going to be like, "I chop my cock off," and then Parappa be like, "You chop you your chop cock your off." Cock. <laughs> Sonic chops his cock off. Oh my god. <laughs> sure. I mean, he's got to go fast, right? You know, that, that would slow him down. <laughs> it, was, it was so thick and huge, it was causing me drag. <laughs> I know that sounded more quagmire. I can't have a huge hog. I'm a hedgehog. <laughs> so play Sonic Colors Ultimate and get to see Sonic chop his dick off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. In the, I, in I feel 4K. like there's all kinds of deviant art that we're invoking. Oh, God. Oh, there totally is. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to think about that right now. Um, I but but Sonic Colors Ultimate. It is really really good. Um, it does. Yeah, you you like, sold me on it. Yeah, the, you, the uh, levels kind of do that thing where like they they'll switch between three D and two D, and uh, you get these cool alien powers that let you navigate in new ways. And mm. Michael and I kind of came up together, making fun of and being disappointed by modern Sonic releases, and this is kind of Sega's like, we heard you. This is what we've done to address everything post-Sonic Adventure, and it was good, and it was on a system most people didn't care to buy it on. So I, mm. I do think it's interesting to come out here. It's a, at a great price. I bought it at Walmart, which mm-hmm. they dropped their prices, the prices of games by $10 no matter what. I didn't know... Most retail games aren't $40, so I didn't know. It was like, oh, this is just 30 bucks. It felt like a fucking steal. Thank you, Joe Biden, making video games. <laughs> Joe Biden making my PS5 upgrades cost ten dollars. Famous rapper Joe Budden? What? <laughs> Joe Budden? <laughs> Can't uh, talk, dog. Gone Budden. Mm-hmm. 
Tell me about the delivering mail in the lake. So Lake oh, is I, I I realized after playing it for a bit, like why haven't there been more games like this that are basically a Hallmark movie premise? Oh, like yeah. so, this is like Stardew yes. Valley, basically. But it like, is a Stardew Valley, life, yeah. yeah. It's sort like of, you're, you're... but but way more chill with fewer expectations. So we were. So do you leave your marketing job, go back to your hometown, find a recently widowed? Sort of, man sort of. A... Um, oh, okay. See, <laughs> as a person who actually did this, I always hate. What, what if yeah. this game is in like Oregon or something like this? Yeah, so it was, yeah. I, yeah. I'm just so cynical about this. Sorry. No, I don't. I don't blame you. It is. It is idealized. <laughs> but yeah, the the whole thing is. So this. This one, like, okay, this game is set in 1986, and I, I started sending you guys chats. It's like, all right, this is already raising red flags because it's 1986. The protagonist who has some undefined big city career is typing on what appears to be a very bulky laptop, sending an email that it's, it looks like CompuServe or Prodigy or something, but it's like, 1986, this wasn't that commonplace a thing. She would have been using an electronic typewriter. Yeah, Yeah. they were at Radio Shack. The screen better have been three inches big, because that was like laptop screens back then. Because that's what I learned to type on, was an electronic typewriter. Maybe 12 to 15 (laughs) inches, but then you find out, like, oh, she went to MIT and she works as a programmer. Like, okay, she could credibly have maybe whatever that is in 1986. Fine. Do I dare leave my job in fax machine and slap bracelet marketing? Mm. And I'm trying to think of what this guy does. And let me guess, it's an 86 to get rid of the cell phones and internet. Is that she thing? doesn't even really leave her job. She takes a two-week vacation to fill in for her dad, who is a mailman in her hometown that she hasn't been to in 22 years. And uh, so that he can take a two-week vacation with your mom. And, and so it's just like you go back and... You 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 start work on Labor Day, which is a little weird. Uh, <laughs> you start delivering mail, right? You know, after getting picked up from the airport, which is presumably federal hours job? away. Yeah, yeah. And and you just you just fill in at this federal job for two weeks, as you do. Uh, that, I know what the fuck at this woefully understaffed <laughs> post office. In a tiny, tiny town that doesn't really need more than one postal worker. I mean, this is just the plot of Doc Hollywood, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that. That's I, we need. We do need to talk Nordic developers. We need. We really need to bring you guys up to speed on what the '80s and '90s and early 2000s were actually like in the yeah. U.S. You can't just combine them all into one <laughs> weird conglomerate decade. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a big, especially with the stuff they do. It was a big era of change especially with technology well we were, we were talking about it's like the nordic and french devs like between this and like life is strange season one like the first life is strange game like there's this weird like nebulous period of like it could be the 90s could be 2000 we don't know it's just america you guys are americans we don't know <laughs> and my favorite i was just talking to someone about the wonderful horror movie crawl I- ignore that the alligator typical alligator usually eats like once every month and in this movie, eats like nine humans in 40 seconds. Uh, I love that this European director thought in America and Florida, at the end of every cul-de-sac, is a gas station. Gas station, right. <laughs> yeah. 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 The whole movie is set there, and it's just like such a... <laughs> it's like this silly insult from Europe to us. <laughs> but, uh, so Michael, the, the, the whole premise of this game is it's supposed to be this kind of idyllic, like you said, Hallmark movie. Yeah. I love that's a great Stardew description. Valley. 
Is it good at, at that? Is is it relaxing? I mean, yeah, it... it's it's very chill. Um, I, I I read like the Guardian's review because I played through like the first couple days and I'm like, all right, what happens here? And it's just like, yeah, you keep waiting for something Twin Peaksy to happen, and it never does. It's mm-hmm. just all about her going around. Like you get you get this little open world, and you go around it, and you make deliveries uh, in your slow little uh, mail truck, and. You meet the people that you're delivering to, and it's just like, oh, hey, yeah, I remember you from when I was in high school. How have you been? Ba, 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 ba. Let's catch up. I got up. some crackpot theories for you now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> too real. <laughs> have you done your own research? <laughs> oh, my. Oh, there, there's no gross point blank moment or anything where it's like, oh, I'm actually a no, assassin. No, it's, it's all just very idyllic and it's just like yeah because they were like oh and if she thinks she's there to deliver mail for two weeks but in reality no wait that's what she does she delivers leave, mail leave for two weeks leave it, leave it to me by the way as someone who recently moved back to their hometown there is no bigger turn off vagina drying opening than hey remember me from high school oh god um, <laughs> like it's just not a great opening line we have nothing in common but our past mm-hmm. And it's good that it's in Oregon, and so because in my case, it's good. Oh God, it's a hundred degrees and seventy percent humidity, and there's scorpions, and you got to check your shoes every time you put them in. Oh, there are Nazis in every mountain, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, I, I started to get a little itch. Like, okay, what if what if I just go crazy? Like, uh, I'm I'm you know stopping at stop signs because it seems very realistic. I'm not bumping into anything. What if I just were to crash into people, and then like, yeah, the review's like, nope, can't. Can't crash you, into people, can't run people over, can't drive into the lake. Go postal. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, this is, G, like, again, the Guardian mm-hmm. described it as GTA for people who like to obey traffic regulations. <laughs> that's great. I thought that was mafia. That was mafia. Yeah, one well, that's for people who want to have to obey. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the real grandma GTA. Yeah, I, grandma Theft Auto. Go, go, yeah. I, did, I didn't give enough uh, recognition to that joke, Chris, going postal. That's, yeah. That's pretty you good. No, that was postal. pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> See, but I normally like games like this. Like, I really liked A Short Hike mm-hmm. last year. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's a bit yes. like A Short Hike. That's okay. one of my favorite games I've played. Recently. Okay, yeah. like, and I, I I do love Stardew Valley, but Stardew has like the weird stuff that occasionally happens where you're like, yeah. oh, that was kind of yeah. unexpected. This this will get like a side mission, like on the second day you're delivering mail, and like the crazy cat lady is like, ah, oh, my cat's sick. Can you take him to? There's no vet in town, but the guy who runs the bait shop knows about animals, so you can say Go like, away, Peyton. No, I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that. Or like, yeah, sure, whatever. It's on my way. So. All right. Yeah. All right. It's it's a normcore game then. Huh? Yeah. I don't yeah. know about Oregon, but in Texas, there's a vet somewhere nearby. It doesn't yeah. matter how rural you are. <laughs> the more rural you are, the more likely there is there's going to be a vet. Honestly. Exactly. Totally. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that has not come out as we're recording this. That uh, most of it we'll probably cover next week. There's Life is Strange, True Colors, the new. There's been a lot of those, man. Um, Tales of Arise, which I had played that demo and really liked. Same with WarioWare, Get It Together. Mm. The Artful Escape is that new Annapurna. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, looks pretty cool, though. It's like you're this musician guy. And then Lost in Random. So expect us to talk about those, I guess, uh, next that was week. That was me once the YouTube poop algorithm overtook <laughs> my recommendations. Lost in Random. That yeah. sounds interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, then let's move along to... News. 
kicking it off with a block of PlayStation news. You guys ready to talk some Sony? Oh, um, yeah. Uh, warning up front. Again, we're recording this before the there's there is a, a PlayStation uh, showcase happening Thursday that already happened. So we will cover that next week's episode. I'm sure it was exciting. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't interrupted by a hurricane, a local shooting, mm. or some other disaster. America can't stop coming up with. Yeah. Wow. Oh, sure. Just like you interrupted <laughs> the show with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very similar. <laughs> Uh, no, one thing they definitely aren't including there is, is VR. They warn people up front, like, hey, we're not talking VR, um, even though they did just buy a VR studio. So Sony bought Fire Sprite Studios, makers of uh, the Playroom VR, um, which, okay, you know, yeah, they got a new VR thing they're working on. That makes sense. But then uh, I think it was Games Industry kind of wrote an article. Well, this is why it really makes sense. That developer is basically what Sony Liverpool became. Um, and so it's like they're basically reacquiring the Wipeout studio. So now that is oh. back under Herman Holst and all, all the diagnosis team. Sony. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why that makes sense. Um, because what the, their platform lacks is a racing game where you can drive around to the smack my bitch up song by the prodigy. <laughs> uh, more Sony news. Horizon Forbidden West announced the pre-orders and all the editions and boy when i say all the editions i mean um, all the editions because there I were read? a lot there's, there's like over there's like a dozen editions wow it, it was something like there's like nine and then you yeah, have you count like the ps4 versus ps5 Here, here's the stuff that's worth knowing though at first when they announced this there was a lot of backlash um because uh a like chris said there were a lot of editions and it was a little confusing like well what do you get in each one um People were upset that, like, the expensive $200 or $250 collector's editions didn't even come with a disc. It was just – they just came with digital codes for your games despite uh, – dude, they had the steel book but no disc. Like, here's the steel book and it has a code where you have can you, download like, a digital version. Side note, have you ever been to a Best Buy during, like, one of their big clearance sales? One of their biggest clearances are steel books with steel no book. disc for games. So and you yeah, get for like fifty cents. Like I remember, I picked up like, yeah. why not? I'll get this Marvel versus Capcom Infinite Steelbook Ultron Steelbook case for sure. fifty cents. I need a tin to store my weed somewhere. Why not? <laughs> I get this. Yes. I I need somewhere to store my Prodigy Fat of the Land. CD. <laughs> I tied that all together. So I did. so, but the the real big thing that people were pissed about is like. They straight up separated the PlayStation 4 versions from 5. And when I mean separated, it wasn't like, you know, Call of Duty sort of does this thing of like, hey, if you buy the next-gen version, you can future-proof yourself, you're basically getting all the versions. It was like, no, no. You want the PS4 version, that's 60 bucks. You want the PS5 version, that's 70 bucks. And there was a paid upgrade path. But the reason that upset people is, remember, Horizon has been moved back a few times. This was supposed to be in that initial kind of release Launch slate window. of games where they're like, hey, you're going to get a free upgrade. It's important to remember, it's almost a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These new consoles, because it feels like the first three months in terms of scarcity. Mm -hmm. yeah. So people were really upset about that. Like, hey, you know, kind of, you know, just because the game got delayed, you got to live up to your promise. And Sony, you know, to their credit, they did. They said, you're right. Uh, so now you're going to get free upgrade if you get the PS4 version. And this is where I was super confused today, because I went to the pre-order page and they're still selling the ps4 version at 60 and the ps5 version of the digital at least mm -hmm. at 70 and actually for the disc and so i'm like well who's gonna pay for the 70 dollar version when you get the free upgrade right, right? and right it's it's one of those reasons i said early on never get the discless version of either of these consoles don't do it 
because now you're in a situation where like a year from now you could pick up <laughs> Horizon Forbidden West for $15 used and pay a $10 upgrade while the game is digitally $70. Mm. And and but but what basically what Sony did instead of offering smart delivery had to concretely say $10. That's the upgrade price. And well, it's because the Sony really has gone with the $70 for next gen mm-hmm. versus Microsoft. Their games are still 60 for the next gen versions, you know, oh, so or current current gen yeah. now, whatever you want to say. You, you guys don't know what I mean. But like this is both on the digital releases and the disc versions, and that's what's weird is like you can still go pre-order those physical SKUs uh, like with that $10 price difference, but again, why would you do that when the upgrade is free, right? Like yep. and so I'm like, are they gonna eventually just adjust the price of the next gen ones or is this just like maybe people won't know the difference and will pay that's what more expensive and is there any clarification on like um i i bought the i remember i bought the ps5 call of duty yeah knowing i was gonna sell my ps5 um but i, I would get the, P- the ps4 you, you version. get the ps4 version with that bundled in and that was do not you, the do case you not with this. get the ps4 version when no, you buy the ps5 straight version? up separate they're like these are completely different you don't wow. get the last gen version <laughs> oh, so yeah, it's it's still a little confusing even after they I mean they rolled this stuff back. Um I did not know how smart Microsoft's smart delivery was cuz apparently this is going to get complicated. Yeah. Well, they they also when they rolled it back, they basically said, "Hey, this is the last time we're doing this," which is odd because they didn't even do this I feel like for Miles Morales. It was like, "No, and remember Ghost of Tsushima, we were just saying you had mm-hmm. to pay that that upgrade fee where like this isn't the first time Sony was going to charge for an upgrade." But they have straight up said this This is now the last time. Uh, God of War, Gran Turismo, these are all going to have a $10 upgrade free fee to go from last gen to current gen. So just know that going in. Like Sony wants to not, charge $70 for their, their current gen SKUs. Like, it's okay. not bad. Remember, remember, Nintendo wanted a dollar to bring Super Mario World from your Wii to Wii U. <laughs> $10 for new bells and whistles on a brand new console. Not bad. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, but again, this this one will be free, but just know future releases, you're going to pay that upgrade fee. The other thing, though, I mean, I loved Horizon so much that, like, I'm probably going to buy that deluxe edition, which that was kind of what was cool as part of this announcement is basically anything above those base games, like, you get both versions. So if you were going to buy the digital deluxe or uh any of the ces you get you get both versions in there so that that's probably the way i'm gonna go because that's like 80 dollars, and you get a bunch of digital goodies oh the other thing so chris's point of go you know maybe consider buying the physical version the physical versions come with some cool digital goodies that the base digital versions do not so if you want like a different aloy skin and stuff like maybe that That shouldn't be the case but i i I always say buy the the one with the disc version just so you you're not cut off on an entire other industry of games. Not because I, I buy mostly digital. But yeah, I mean, it opens it up for things like resale, right? Like you can right. sell your used copy Borrowing of the game, the fucking or you can buy a, a used copy, like you said. So I got a friend borrowing Resident Evil, and we're talking about it like it's fucking 1992, and it's great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I, I also want to say, since it, uh, uh, something happened to me today, I saw the super expensive edition. I'm not going to shit on it because it's 200, 250 bucks, and you get your woolly mammoth thing i used to own i don't like uh special edition stuff and that's Mm. mostly because psa the real secret is if it's important to the game it'll be in the real game if it's cosmetic it they throw they throw the useless stuff that makes no difference into the special edition stuff but i was still a sucker for figures 
But I just did want to say, every figure I've gotten in a collector's edition in the last has been absolute garbage. <laughs> At the same time, uh, there's a whole lot more ways to get figures for games. Like, I think we all grew up in an era where, like, if you wanted a figure of, like, Ninja Gaiden or Mario, it was, like, legitimately difficult to come across. Yeah, yeah. Totally. That's not Nobody the case made those. anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, there, yeah, there, I've seen Al- Alloy. Is that her name? I yes. Aloy. 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 Yeah, there, there's, there's like multiple figures of her in GameSpot. It does not require me to buy a $200 version of a game. Just saying, don't let that shit sucker you in because you usually get a worse quality thing that is now actually being mass marketed. When I go into the Walmart or Target toy section, half of that shit is something kids won't recognize I will. I mean, GameStop for, me. for a while had become like mostly a physical plastic goods store yep, and yeah. less about the games. Like, actually, I was showing you guys the other day. Like, I have a cool Tubbs. I have a Jet Set Radio Tubbs rubber ducky behind me. Like, th- that Fucking was great. made this year, right? Like, that's, yeah, like Chris is saying, you can get. I'm not shitting on. I, I love physical items. It's just, I think the ones that come. It, so today I go to buy Sonic Colors. Because um, I'm in a Walmart. Colors. Because I am a Nightmare like I am a lecherous creep for Halloween decorations right now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm seeing what everybody had. And um, oh, Sonic Colors is here. Oh, it's cheaper. I guess I'll buy it. Go to the register, and the woman's like looking it over, like, "What is this?" I'm like, "Oh, it's bigger because it comes with a baby Sonic keychain." And oh, God. and <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, that's so cute." And like, "Yours if you want it." And wow. so, so, like, like a fucking GameStop employee, she ripped the cellophane off, took the baby Sonic, <laughs> and I bought the game, awesome. uh, and gave gave everything that came with it to this woman because I don't fucking care. Like, I, I might have cared. I, look, I bought that uh, Sonic Mania where he's standing on the Genesis statue. Mm-hmm. I'll never need more than that. Unless it's a bigger Sonic statue. On me, I regret not getting that Skyrim special edition with the dragon on the the thing. That's the one that I really there, wanted. Is there not oh, more? You mean that one? Yeah. <laughs> Sitting behind <laughs> me. Behind you, yeah. Was that a, was that ten years ago at launch? It's ten years ago. That yeah. was yeah. Mm-hmm. Big useless Alduin. But, but it just, I want to just. It's make cool. That, yes. yeah. it's cool. Uh, I'm not good at advice, but what I can tell you is that like everyone's making much better merch for your favorite games, no matter how obscure. There's a store in our mall, and this is not an obscure game, that is all Among Us merchandise. It is oh, fucking crazy. Jesus. I mean, that it, being said, that statue is pretty badass. In the, in it, the I'm not West saying it's not badass. <laughs> it's pretty badass. I, just, I bought that Zelda special edition, and in four, four days, that sword snapped in half. Like It's a fucking statue. Like, the wind broke mm, it. Right. Uh, total garbage. Uh, I, I wonder if one of the reasons people were so upset about this last gen, current gen thing was the chip shortage that's affecting console availability, which, according to Bloomberg, uh, there was a Joe report Biden's that uh, someone at Toshiba <laughs> had basically said, yeah, you need to expect this through at least next fall, so fall 2022. Ooh. And he's saying, so this is the quote, the supply of chips will remain very tight until at least September next year, said Toshiba's Takeshi uh, Kamabuchi, in some cases... We may find some customers not being fully served until 2023. Jesus. So, can I use my old chipset, Matt? I want to ask you guys: <laughs> What does this mean for this generation? Like, this is this is a long delay. I mean, this this, this is, is longer than I remember any console ever being scarce. Yeah. Even the Wii, which was the worst one, um, because it was so mega popular. These systems are not so. I mean, I, I love that the numbers are like these consoles. New, the PS5 and Xbox Series X have outsold their predecessors at this point in time. It's so weird. 
or or, or maybe there's some fucking scalper sitting on a throne of like oh you, you know there's somewhere. a bunch of them like that yeah, that's they're that's selling to bots part of the problem like there there are shortages and then there are people taking up uh, taking advantage of the shortages to buy up stock and jack up the price yeah. it's just weird i got one at, i got one before launch and i went out which i rarely do last friday and i'm talking to my game friends and like None of them can find these consoles still. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck are we supposed to do? How are you supposed to launch a new game yeah. until one of these yeah. consoles well, is available? That That is part of the appeal of that smart delivery model. Right. And that's why Sony, I think, is maybe uh, should should put off uh, moving to, like, the... $10 model. Yeah, the $10 model a little longer because, like, that is part of the appeal that it's just like, look, if you can't get a PS5 or a Series X right now... You can buy the Xbox One version, and it will work with all the bells and whistles when you eventually upgrade to a new console. Because That's so weird. That would mean a lot to me. Like, if, if we were looking at this from the Xbox One perspective, and, mm-hmm. and like, oh, well, you can't get the the Xbox One version of Metal Gear Solid Five yet, but you can play the much worse Xbox 360 version <laughs> and oh, no, then no. buy the regular one for full price when you finally get a new console. I was going to... Compare it to a few years ago, uh, I was looking at Halloween decorations, and I saw they had Miguel from Coco, one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies of the modern era. Great idea for Halloween decorations. But I bought Coco on a 4K Blu-ray before I ever had 4K Blu-ray capabilities in my house because, like, it let me – it had a regular Blu-ray and a digital code. Nice. I could do two things mm-hmm. with this before I yeah. could do the ultimate thing with it, and it was worth paying $5 extra. And and then and I walk into Walmart today, and I, I – Looked at like I'm going to buy the Xbox version of this Sonic game because there's no promises, but it's more likely I can play this on my other Xbox consoles, forward and backward. Frankly, that was the, one of the reasons I wanted the Xbox Series X is that uh, yeah. that promise of like, hey, I want to get like one version of the game and no, and be future proofed. Although I would say the price of admission, the ten dollars, is just low enough to be like. Well, that's fine. I'll, I'll pay the sixty dollars now. Play it on my current gen console, and then if I want to upgrade later, ten bucks isn't that is much. You know, you're separating those purchases by a matter of months or years. Mm-hmm. It's almost you know you don't you don't really consider the sunk cost at that point, right? It's just like ah, whatever. That right. was sixty bucks two years ago. So now I'm going to pay ten bucks and get this Uber version. If you even want to go back, I guess what I'm more concerned about is like, are we basically going to have to have last gen versions of games until 2023 now like whereas yes. before previous mm-hmm. generations you kind of those get abandoned after a year or maybe a yes, year and the, a half the, right? the next is generation it? will not truly start um for another two years which is odd yeah with which like games means... that can do truly way, next gen. Oh, i'm aware pc gamers are laughing at all of us right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh pc gamers can't get their hands on shit either Sorry, yeah, I got lucky with a 3070. I got so effing lucky. Mm-hmm. And I know, <laughs> I, I look on eBay and it's like double what I paid for it now. So, But yeah. maybe that is the redeeming thing is like games Same now are developed like PC skeleton. games. <laughs> so like upgrading, like like when you develop like that, it's not so different that, you know, you can develop those two simultaneous versions, right? Like that is a saving grace of the way games are developed I now. I know, but, it, but this... I've worked on games built for multiple platforms. There will be sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Or you're really going to have to have like different teams doing that last gen version. There, there's mm-hmm. ways around it, but yeah, it definitely introduces a ton of challenges. Yeah, you know? it's, it's why we don't have a Switch version of a lot of these PS4, PS... Yeah, it, it's just going to make everything a little weirder for a yeah. little while longer, and it just sucks that... 
I don't know. I love talking about politics and the pandemic from a pop culture or content point of view. Mm -hmm. And this is another way we're getting fucked by this Mm -hmm. stupid goddamn pandemic. It's another reason to get fucking vaccinated if you want this to like get like Mm -hmm. get through this faster and better. Get vaccinated. But this, I mean, we thought the last gen was long. This gen is going to be three years in before it even gets going. Like, yeah. And people are talking like this might be the last true generation, which is like that could be the case. Yeah, if it's long enough, I will, I will then... probably order my next the PS6 through an AARP catalog. Mm-hmm. That's what's... <laughs> I'm just hoping we live to see the PS9 right. and, and the mm-hmm. promise of a console that you can sniff. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's here's a game that you probably <laughs> won't need next gen hardware to run, and hopefully will still be alive by the time it comes out. Um, Eric Barone, aka Concerned Ape, is he announced he is. No longer focused on Stardew Valley updates. He is now focused on a brand new game. Um, he announced this at an, a Stardew Valley esports event, of all things. Don't ask. <laughs> what? Um, no. What? No. I don't, I, I don't know how they ran it. It had a $40,000 prize pool, which is wow. awesome. Um, wow. But here was his announcement. He said, I, I may announce it fairly soon what it is. No one knows at this point. He said during this, it was a stream of this event. What I will say, it's another pixel art game top-down perspective similar to stardew valley in some ways it's kind of similar to stardew but it's not a farming game it's something different so he's he's working within his style but he's making a different thing so i'm excited because stardew valley is like my game of the decade uh last uh decade so yeah like whatever take your time dude i'm excited for him because i will never play Stardew. that game sucks so much time away from me i will not even load it up again. I said that, and then I bought it on Switch and did it all again. Um, I, I respect it, it, but the reasons that I told you kind of affect me. That <laughs> with Lake, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's uh, it is a time suck, but I love that game so much. But yeah, again, you will not need next gen hardware to run that game. That is a pixel art game. So there mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. Oh, um, speaking of pixel art, one thing I forgot to mention in new releases: Final Fantasy IV Pixel Remaster Ooh. finally came to PC and. Uh, if you like Final Fantasy IV, here's a pixelated version where they don't mess too much with the graphics. The font uh, could use some work, uh, but they also have a a filter <laughs> like yeah. You can you can go between I think classic and pixel, and classic is like this is an attempt to make it look like it would have looked on TVs, but like on my big ass Ooh. 4K screen, like this is so blurry I can't look at <laughs> it. So dumb. Yeah. I fucking yeah. hate those filters. Mm. I, I used to hate them, and then I started using them in the Mega Man Legacy Collection, and they, if they're done well, the, I prefer those filters, but they're, most people do them wrong, you know. I can't get, get into it as well, as well as my arcade friends, but like they're, those scan lines were meant to hide things right. and accentuate certain frames and, and pieces of animation. Yeah. It never works that way with the filters on these console games. Like, no. you don't understand why this is here. This is just an, a PNG overlay you're putting in here. Mm-hmm. Rather than, like, for example, I think, like, Donkey Kong's teeth are defined by the limitation of how many pixels they could put on the screen. His teeth are literally defined by that. If you blow it up, it doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It fucks with his mouth. You're right. Like, some of that art was straight up designed. Like, oh, the blur will do this, and it will look yes. better. And- yeah. yeah, it can only get this big. There'll be a line here so we don't have to draw one. Yeah, and, but so I, I'm really curious, Michael, to hear what you say about, like, is it faking that or is this really a true, like, pixel-perfect recreation? The font thing, I mm. think people have already started developing you, mods they, to, like, get a better yeah, font. Yeah, there have been mods for earlier entries in it, which, you know, will probably work or quickly be adapted to this. 
but yeah. but yeah, it's like Borg style. I guess the the font is a little like on on my TV. It's fine, but I've I've heard people saying like it's too small. Um, it's it's weirdly smooth compared to everything else that's on screen. Uh, all, all valid concerns. Yeah, they've they've done it before, by the way. Like when they did those mobile versions of the game, the font sucked. It was an mm-hmm. awful font. It's just like fucking just recreate the one you had. I don't know, but anyway. So I'm I'm excited to hear your I take. I forgot on to that. mention. I looked up uh, that Sonic is gay thing on YouTube to see if that clip was there. And what a difference 12 years makes. Because you do yourself a favor and look up Sonic is gay on YouTube and see what a wild assortment of content you will get. I was going to say, I feel like just searching that out on Google in general, yeah. you're going to get... Uh, if you think <laughs> it's just gay, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. It is so... It is There is so much diversity yes. in this topic for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. But that's all the news that is fit to play. Wow. Well, I we're already coming to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Uh, last week's question of the week was, tell us your we're best... We're going to come in under two hours. It's upsetting, Michael. Yeah, it is, actually. <laughs> uh, no, we, we, might, we might make it slightly over. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, tell us your best camper camping story. Uh, Leif, you weren't here last week. Do you have a fond summer camp or camping story that... Springs to mind so when I say that. Stories. Uh, Texas rattlesnake in your boots. The first, the first thing that comes to mind. Okay, well, the f- the first thing that comes to mind was the time friends and I were pretty sure we saw ghosts in Bannock, Montana. <gasps> but we'll skip that one. Uh, what? Se- Why? Second time. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, so yeah, we were, we went walking around the ghost town late 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 at night, even though you're not supposed to do that. And it was like after midnight, and we would see like lights floating in the main street that looked like shimmering stuff that just kind of moved in the moonlight like it couldn't be flashlights it was just like it was almost like the star trek holograms and they were just kind of but it was very distant and there was nothing we didn't feel scared or anything but there was something weird about that and they were they were kind of long shaped and you would just see them you call it swamp gas or whatever even though it's dry as heck there yeah <laughs> so, but yeah so there was that I'd say weird things like your move partner nope <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the other one was, and it was also in Montana. I, when I was after, in my late teens, after I was at a high school, I traveled all around the Western U.S. and Canada reciting poetry for a living. And, uh, they, uh, yeah, I I made my living that way. And, uh, so in order to save on money, I used to stay in National Forest. Um, I would just set up camp and stuff. So one day I went to the Elkhorn Mountains in Montana and put out my tent and stuff like that was, was sleeping, you know, and so, um, was kind of new to that area and stuff. And in the middle of the night, I hear some sniffing around the, the thing. And I thought it was a dog and stuff. And the sniffing just got a lot more urgent and stuff. I thought somebody's dog from a nearby ranch or something. And all of a sudden, kablam, this huge weight just comes down on top of me. And I start screaming and stuff like this and trying to get out of the tent and stuff. But it was a black bear that had been, oh my God. Uh, Whoa! yes, that was, trying to like bounce down on the stuff and i managed to get out of the tent i actually think i took my knife and sliced my way out of it and there it was and i took my flashlight the flashlight was actually enough to make the bear go running now if it had been a grizzly bear because it was a black bear i probably would have been fucked i mean i mean this is no insult what what the fuck have have we not asked you to you have so like so many stories of ghosts and battling bears my early life was far more interesting than my recent one but yes <laughs> 
and I thought, yeah, you and Roddy Piper wrestled a bear. My first right. job was uh, was helping to sail a, a, a tall ship, you know, the ones with sails and stuff like that. That's kind of cool, too. Uh, but Love the nonchalance with which he says <laughs> yes. this. Did the bear fall on you? Like, did he suplex you, like, with his shoulder? It, hit you with the Macho Man elbow? Or did he stomp you with Because it was the tan. It was really hard. And I, 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 it's been 20 years, so I have a hard time remembering. <laughs> yes, yeah. but, did it hurt? Yeah, did oh, it, hurt? It, it, it did hurt. It was like a, a sofa falling on you. Yeah. Jesus. So, what, what did you do afterward? Did I find a ranger station for help? Or? No, I, I spent, the, spent the rest of the night in my car and because uh, mm. I didn't do that. So the next day I went down to Virginia City, Montana, and I went to the gun store. And uh, I was like, wow. uh, you know, I was like, basically, give me a gun. And so I was like, sir, hey, would you like your complimentary gun for coming in the gun store <laughs> in Montana? And they, they sold me one right then and there. Damn. America, folks. Yeah. And, and I've ne- I never I use it on the ranch and stuff. I never I never use it. And I had no plan to use it against something. But for some reason, just having one, I, w- I was young and. 18 or 19 but yeah just having one made me feel a lot more safer being out there in the woods alone after that i also bought some bear spray and uh, uh excuse me some pepper spray so this, this i'm sorry i'm talking too much but i wanted to know i'm gonna so, use it at january 6th at the yeah. protest he attended uh, well i kept having trouble with that bear because one time when i went to montana you know i had to i had to go drive back to, uh, i had to went into canada excuse me in alberta i had to go back into my hotel and cut bank montana and leave it there because they wouldn't let me cross the border with the the spray and uh but then another time so after i was done with that leg of wilderness adventures i went to go visit a friend in lewiston idaho and so i parked up beside his uh, house and I was like, because I'm never going to go in the mountains again. Let me just see what this pepper spray is like. And so I took it out of the car while I'm next to his house and just went, Psh. that's all I did, was just, Psh. and I was like, yeah, that, that, that wow, that's pretty. And uh, so, you know, got some stuff ready, went to the house, and he was, and my friend comes out, he has two kids and stuff, and he's like, I don't know what's going on. There's a, there's some people, you know, that, that power plant next to us, it must be that. My kids all of a sudden started crying. There's something irritating their wow, eyes. Wow. And stuff. And he was like, I don't know what's happening. They were apparently having like some kind of allergic reaction that it like came to the window or something. Jesus. <laughs> Take responsibility and was like, uh, I'm sorry, I farted. I didn't say anything. I just <laughs> stayed quiet. I'm like, wow, oh, that's, that's some crazy shit. I wonder how that happened. Yes. I'm just, I would say that I farted so I wouldn't get sued. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't say a thing, yes. <laughs> no, no. But it, it cleared up within like 30 minutes. But yeah, that was... Yeah, I never told him uh, that I did that. Yeah, so you know he's listening. Yeah, he's listening right now. He's like, exactly. Finally, it comes out. <laughs> so yes, wow, wow, yeah, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing. No <laughs> problem. Uh, well, on VigiGamePocalypse.com, Shaquille Oatmeal answered and says, "When I was around three years old and my sister was one, we all went camping up in Moab." While my parents were setting up the tent, I was playing on a wooden fence and pretending it was a horse. My sister wanted to try and got on one, too. But the one she got on was loose, and she fell onto her arm and face, splitting her lip and breaking her wrist. She got a cast and was better, but that was really the only memorable thing that has ever happened to me while on a camping trip. Jesus. (laughs) From Twitter. Patrick uh, Tumblety 2, this time it's personal. Um, <laughs> this guy's handle has a sequel? Yeah. Okay. Uh, in middle school, I got to go camping where they filmed the original Friday the 13th. Shit, I used to remember where that was. Uh, Pennsylvania or North Carolina? New Jersey. For a horror fan, it made uh, the freezing weather and terrible meals worth the trip. Mm. Man, anybody who still owns that. My buddy Kevin just went to the... Um, 
cafe that they turned the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house into. Oh, yeah. And you can stay there oh, and eat there. Nice. Wait, but with, it's with, fine. with like the props, like the Yeah, do they flesh? serve chili? What's on the menu? <laughs> Stewed face. <laughs> um, Yuck. Uh, from the official Laser Time community on Facebook, Wyatt Adams says, In my early 20s, me and my friends always used to camp at Cottonwood Campground outside Castaic, California. No cell service, no running water, no indoor plumbing, hell! But we were drunk and stoned, so whatevs. Uh, so one night we went out there and we were informed the other campsite is for quote-unquote tripping. If you want to join, go right ahead. I'm not a big hallucinogens guy, so I stuck with my group and proceeded to party. About two hours later, I hear screaming by the fire pit. A guy from the other group had wandered over and started swinging a shovel at people. Jesus. I stood back as he swung the shovel so hard it went flying into the woods. The girl I was dating at the time said, let's try to help him. <laughs> so I approached him slowly. That's when he left at me and gnashed his teeth like he was a fucking wow. zombie. Wow. It scared me so fucking bad. I reflexively hit him and hit him hard. He went down and out for what seemed like five minutes, but was probably more like 45 seconds. I felt terrible and wanted to apologize, but he was even more out of it now. So I left it. Good choice. The next week, I'm shopping, and I see him working at the store. I approached him and apologized. His reaction was, I don't remember anything at all. And I really hope that's true, but it's something I'll never forget. I wonder what his girlfriend thought. <laughs> and, yeah. If a dude is tripping balls, swinging a shovel, don't go try to stop him. You yeah, run the that. other way. Like, I'll take that guy down in a second. And if you want more of Chris's Neanderthal thoughts, yeah, the, the best way to get a guy to forget what he's just done to you is to hit him in the head. Hmm. I learned that from the Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Also to make him think he's a race car driver. That's true. <laughs> I'm Rock Quarry, famous, famous actor. <laughs> So from Patrick and Bo, we have, when I was in my early 20s, I went camping by a river with a couple of friends. We grabbed a boat to do some fishing one day and heard a little voice shouting. Eventually, we saw the source. This kid was waving his hands and yelling at us, I have a five of diamonds in my hands. I have a five of diamonds in, his ha in my hands, he kept repeating. We had no idea what he was talking about, but as we got closer to him, we could see him pointing to his hand and blood running down his arm. He had a five of diamond lure jammed into the back of his hand. Wow. Oh, yuck. The thing was like two and a half inches the size of his hand. We parked our boat on the beach near him, cut the lure, and helped him get back to the road where he said his dad was parked. We got back in time to see the boat become undocked and start floating down the river. So we all ran down to the, into the water, fully clothed, to grab the boat and pull it back in. We spent the rest of the day on the boat in our underwear with our clothes hanging off the side, drying. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Worst card trick ever. <laughs> I was going to say, but, man, like, what is this kid teaching you po poker? Like, I got a five yeah. of diamonds. Like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> it becomes Valheim there at the end, though, when their boat just starts to float away from <laughs> them. It's like, you better go catch that. Very familiar <laughs> feeling. <laughs> uh, so, new question of the week. What's a game character that you would want to play as a kaiju version of? Uh, I think Solid Snake. For me, I'd want to play a solid snake and I'd want to have to sneak while bigger no. than anything else in the level. <laughs> Just okay, hide behind things or use a gigantic shipping box and wait for the guards to turn the other way. I know, it, I think in the VR missions, there was a level that was like that in reverse where there was like giant guards and you had to avoid them, but uh, the, the other way. Like like, that, 
that that moving building like Tom Hanks is testing in big. Yeah, make it. <laughs> what is this? Make it's it a real better. challenge. <laughs> so mine is it's it's me. It is my character in Animal Crossing. I want to be a kaiju version of so that I can just reset my town at will. Like, I'm, oh. oh, I don't really like where those homes are. I'm just going to step on them and destroy everything. You, you want and, to do like the SimCity thing where you trigger a giant monster attack. Yeah, absolutely. And then maybe maybe I'll eat K.K. Slider. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I'll be yeah, a kaiju. Maybe like... Hey, Tom Nook, what if I didn't know you any more money? <laughs> yeah, yeah, eventually I would just be like a giant hoarding all Tom Nook's ri- you know, riches in a cave somewhere near yeah. my how, island. How much debt you going to forgive if I don't crush your convenience store? Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. So. But then I'd, I'd, I'd visit my, my townspeople like the giant in Disney movies. I'd lift up the roof and politely talk to them and then put the roof down and walk Ooh. away. Mm-hmm. Scrooge. Uh, but it's... <laughs> I would like, I know this is cheating, but I'm just using proportionality. Mm-hmm. I would like to kaiju Godzilla, meaning I'd like him to be much bigger than, like, bumping his head <laughs> on the moon kind mm-hmm. of big. Right, sure. I was just playing the, the Katamari remake, and it's it's really fun when you start getting into different avenues of gravity while trying to walk the Earth. Well, could you imagine <laughs> when he has to take a shit? <laughs> That's true. I, I would like to be an undeniable, like, when Godzilla is that big, it's not a, an issue of, like, how do we kill him? It's like, how do we keep him happy? <laughs> yes. But I, I have one question, though. Where would you walk into and disappear at the end of the game or movie, Chris? That you would be too big for the yeah, ocean at that point. I'm sitting on the moon. <laughs> sitting on the moon, which I can now grab onto and pull myself up to like a fucking bunk bed because I'm that big. Did you guys see that Twitter video that I think I might have sent it to you? Like, it was just like the ending of every Godzilla movie. And this guy's just like, all right, see you later to his yeah, buddies. Yeah, and he yeah. turns around and walks into a bar. <laughs> For me, off the top of my head, didn't give this much thought. Dark Souls. <laughs> Whoa, sure. holy shit. Yes. <laughs> just, yeah, take that timing. Yeah, you want to yeah. yeah, As your fat rolling through San Francisco. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that would equal the playing field with a lot of those bosses. Yeah, mm-hmm. Makes sense. Like- Holy yeah, lord. Stomp him. Yeah. Uh, what if you could play as the the Dorman transformation at the end of uh, Shadow of the Colossus and just fight the Colossi like that? Ooh. Right. Yeah. Totally. That's a good one. I got his armor in uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Nice. On the yeah. If you didn't I didn't I don't know if we said that. There's, there's a lot of awesome armor there. You can get Kratos armor yeah, and I've, got there's him. like a lot of Did not know about the Kratos armor. Yeah. I've I've only gotten the Eileen the Crow armor so mm-hmm. far. I need to get the rest. Oh, I've got my sorry, the, the bit of spoiler I got the Shadow of the Colossus armor is the best. Did you play after they patched in the cute fox stuff? You can now cute like fox. tickle their bellies, like you can do way <gasps> oh. more than just pet the foxes. Oh, that's now. awesome. I don't know. I think yeah. I'm done. That's really cool. I think I'm yeah. Did you did you see that the like that that treasure fox might have had a uh, what what was the game I, I thought it was Skyrim but maybe not that had like the the foxes that will lead you to treasure if you follow them I think it might be Skyrim yeah yeah that like they, and they, yes. they couldn't figure out why this was happening the developers couldn't and they they finally figured out like oh it's because of the 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 AI pathing that mm-hmm. they'll you know, go to lower risk centers and like, for whatever reason, however we've tagged these areas with treasure, like they'll just gravitate toward that naturally. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? So you don't have a bunch of fucking enemies sitting around treasure chests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. So uh, what is a character that you would want to see go gigantic, go kaiju size? Uh, tell us about it. Um, go to videogameapocalypse.com. Answer under the comments for episode 436. Alternately, you can visit us on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or 
Ping us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, and we will collect the best answers and read them on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go some plugs. Uh, Leif, once again, uh, where can people find you? Uh, mainly on Twitter right now, uh, Leif Johnson, L-E-I-F Johnson. I also uh, have an Instagram account. That's Isleif. That's I-S-L-E-I-F. And I mainly post pretty nature photos on there, some stuff for San Francisco. I love your photos. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Really that's do. good. That's very nice to hear that. And, uh, and yet, and I'll say again, um, Elena Yee and I... Uh, friend of the show yeah we have a little fun little stream on sunday nights usually around nine o'clock p.m pacific so we play borderlands 3 and stuff like that so it's just fun so yeah so join us yeah uh new episode of Lazy time coming soon history of tv animation look for it Ooh. 30 2010 this week it's finally happened uh 9 11 oh, yeah Oh, yeah, I heard yeah. you guys recording was, that that sounded rough it was something i've been dreading since we started this year like just an, if you don't know what the show's format is, we look at the world 30, 20, and 10 years ago, mostly in pop culture. But, like, you know, I, I had to say it on the show. 9-11 is just, like, one of the most life-changing moments I've ever been through. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And I didn't lose anybody. Uh, it just, yeah, it's, it's fucking weird and mm-hmm. awful. And uh, But we try and make it fun. Mm-hmm. and, and uh, <laughs> Not fun, but, like, mostly, like, what happened to the world of pop culture during that time. And I, I will tell you my least favorite thing that nine 11 affected. And it is not depressed, not as depressing as you'd think it is. Sorry. never mind. There's no, no good I, I way get to you. It got this. real weird. Uh, just mm-hmm. like last year got really weird in pop culture. It's like we, we thought, yeah. Oh, you know, this, you know, nine 11 happened. Yeah. Like, but it's mm-hmm. like, I, I'm, I'm not used to tuning in and see David Letterman cry. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that, that happened once in television history, but all the other talk show hosts in New York did it too. Or, or mm. like the the Onion doing like all our news is just maudlin and serious today. <laughs> yeah, well, that was what I was going to. I was like, do you remember that Onion story? That yeah. it was one of my favorite one where it's uh, a shattered nation yearns to care about stupid shit again. Yeah, <laughs> and as, yeah so that was we got there eventually. Yes. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> well, my mine was. I'll tell you more. George Carlin tacitly telling you to trust your president, support your country, hmm. and. <laughs> that, that that is what something a shit that idea that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a good idea. No. No, you should not have voted for that guy a second time. Mm-mm. He is the, he is that the cl- the clowniest balloon animal monster we've had <laughs> until the last so one. Much, <laughs> yeah, he caused insane. so much more damage and killed way more people than the last president. He really did. Well, let's just imagine but, if that. Of course, I don't think he would have happened had such a relevant happened. But not, he did it yeah. with a smile. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Oh, hey, hey, y'all misunderestimated me. I killed hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> yeah. We're freedom lovers. They're freedom haters. The last one killed 600,000, so, you know, it's, it's kind of a morbid competition they got going there. Yeah. It really is. Why are things, why are things, life, mortality and the economy always worse under a Republican president? That's weird. It's weird. Yeah, that's weird. Weird thing. Weird. Yeah. What's the one constant in these situations? I couldn't tell you. Feeling uh, like your enemies are smited. Yeah, the guy doesn't like you sad, therefore I won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you're dead and your fucking 401k's worth shit. Right? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> you got nothing. Anyway, uh, what else we got to plug? Anything? Uh, Patreon.com slash laser time. There should be more stuff coming to you very soon. A new episode of 302010's Classic Corner monthly show and... Uh, I, my back has been killing me, but um, we should have be able to record with something new with Michael and Matt 
this is we're already mm-hmm. yeah well um, one of the things we uh, are going to record very soon I think we've got what three of the four Michael you finished Psychonauts too right I did yes all right so we got three of the four here. have wrapped it up we're doing the spoiler cast okay. very soon and that will be on the Patreon so uh, Chris get it finished it. up finish it up shit okay we'll so so you're telling me to somehow tear myself away from Sonic Colors long enough to <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry we already got Tony Wilson is signed up he is on board to do it with us and he's waiting in the wings from so framework from yeah. framework.io uh, Tony hell yeah so yeah we're gonna do a that's gonna be exclusive uh, to the Patreon at the five dollar or more level per month patreon.com slash laser time we will let you know as soon as the spoiler cast goes live Well, as always, you can visit us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com. Follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse or follow me personally at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Do it. I feel like we're loosened up. Now. I didn't rig shit. <laughs> we don't need the permission because they ain't got no souls. <laughs> <laughs>